welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. It is great to have you joining us today. No matter what day it is, no matter what time it is, great that you've joined us today. Um, if you could see the setup around me, it's actually quite hilarious. We have tried to do this um, a number of times and a battery has died in a number of pieces of equipment. So if I don't move anywhere, you know that I'm just strapped to cords <laughs> and lights everywhere. Plus there is a thunderstorm going on where I am right now as well. So if you hear claps of thunder and lightning, it's the Lord speaking. No, it's not. It's just that I'm in the middle of a thunderstorm as well. So thank you, Jesus, that we get through today's message with no hiccups and we are all good to go. It is very strange that in 2022, I've changed my playroom into a recording studio and we are recording this <laughs> today. So here we go. Uh, I do thank you for joining us. It is um, what an honor it is to bring the word of God to you today. It is a message that is quite personal to me. I don't, I'm not sure about you, but 2022 is, you know, been the year that I'm believing in the promise. I'm believing for God to really move and come in a new way. And I know that we spend a lot of the early parts of the year just praying into what God is saying, what he's doing, what he wants for our lives. You know, we also look outward a little and say, okay, well, God, what are you doing in our country, in our nation? And we've had a really bizarre and crazy last couple of years. And I know that some people have been disappointed um, by the events and the times and the seasons that we're living in. And I know that it is time to restore hope. It's time to restore a real foundation in him. And God has really been speaking to me about just coming back to the simple things of living with him each and every day, trusting him um, and actually understanding what that word means because a release of control brings trust. And I know that it is hard to release control when things are uncertain, when things are constantly changing. But I believe that this year we are all across the globe going to learn that our Jesus and our God is faithful. He is good and come back to that place of really standing firm in who he is, what his word says, and living our lives for him, giving him all the glory forever and ever. But today, I'm going to come back to a simple word because the other thing, the personal thing that God has been speaking to me about is just asking for wisdom. I don't have some fancy, massive word for the year he said, Sarah, just ask me for my wisdom each and every day, every step that you take, ask me for my wisdom. Every relationship that you are plowing into this year, 
ask me for my wisdom. When you are parenting your children, would you ask me for my wisdom so that I am leading and guiding the way and it's a real place of surrender. Um, you know, we sing about that a lot, but really it is um, hard, <laughs> let's be honest, to trust and to surrender all that we are, our thoughts, the ways that we would do things, our expectations um, over to him has been, is a challenge and has been a challenge for the last couple of years. I'm not sure about you, but I know that God is good and I know that his faithfulness endures forever. And I do trust that he will lead and guide us into where we need to be. So today is really sharing uh, about the journey that we take from believing, reading his promises, believing his promises and how quick we are to believe them and how quick we are to see them be truth and be life in our lives. Um, I am a university lecturer and tutor and I'm in placement in a placement unit uh, this <laughs> this semester and it's I can't tell you, I have countless emails a week um, of students saying to me, it's not like the textbook, help, um, because I think so much of our time is gained from gaining knowledge, but how much of it is reality for us and how much of Jesus is a reality for us instead of head knowledge. We might know who he is. We might, might know about him. We might know about all that he's done for us, but do we know it to be the truth? Um, and do we live that out in the way that we respond in our relationships, the way we live our lives, the way that we shine Jesus everywhere that we go? And even Pastor Matt's message last week, you know, how, how, bring our best to worship Jesus, you know, give our best for Jesus. And how do we do that if we are just living in the realm of our heads or our soul rather than living from a place of knowing and having his truth be reality to us because sometimes it's different in our mind than it is in reality. Same with the knowledge, knowing about him and knowing him are two different things. And it's the same with my students. They go out to the classroom and they're like, it's not a textbook. It's not like the textbook. No, it's not like the textbook at all. Um, being a teacher is very different to a textbook and it takes time and it takes a journey to become a teacher that can instinctively know how to respond to situations, how to respond to families, how to teach something to show the children and support the children in what they're learning. It takes time. It's a journey and it's exactly the same in our spiritual walk every day with Jesus. It's a journey and I know that many of you <laughs> know that I really don't like the word journey because I feel like it is overused but today it's not going to be overused. It is a journey and living for him and processing all that he's saying to us, his promises and the truth within the word of God is important to actually become a reality so that we can live strong. Uh, we can live in faith. We can live encouraged. We can live coming from a place that is, you know, so full of him and his character that we can make sure that we're building strength into others as well. And so we're going to dive into the word of God 
in Luke 24 today, <clears throat> Luke 24, verse 13 to 32, it kind of ends abruptly. So um, we'll see where we get to, but I just want to pull some truths out of this account where uh, Jesus has been resurrected and these two disciples are going on a journey to a village and they're chatting and talking about the events that they've just witnessed um, and what Jesus does in the middle of their conversation. So let's get to it. You can pull your Bibles out, you can pull your phone out, whatever you prefer, and turn to Luke 24, verse, uh, Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And I am going to read from the Amplified Version. It says, And then that very day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other all about these things that had taken place. While they were talking and discussing it, Jesus himself came up and began walking with them. But their eyes were miraculously prevented from recognizing him. Then Jesus asked them, what are you discussing with one another as you walk along? As they, and they stood still looking brokenhearted. One of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only stranger visiting Jerusalem who is unaware of the things which have happened here in these recent days? He asked, what things? Then they replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in deed and word and in sight and in the sight of God and all the people and how the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel and set our nation free. Indeed, besides all this, it is the third day since these things had happened. And also some of the women among us shocked us. They were at the tomb early in the morning and they did not find his body. Then they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it exactly as the women had said, and they did not see him. Then Jesus said to them, O oh, foolish men, and slow of heart to trust and believe in everything that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and only then to enter his glory? Then beginning with Moses and throughout all the writings of the prophets, he explained and interpreted for them the things referring to himself found in all the scriptures. Verse 28. Then they approached the village where they were going, and he acted as if he was going further. But they urged him not to go on, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day has just about ended. So he went inside to stay with them, and it, took, and it happened that as he reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, and breaking it, he began to give it to them. Then their eyes were suddenly opened by God and he, and they clearly recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Then they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and opening the scriptures to us? Father God, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that your word brings life. It brings truth. And we pray, Lord God, that this word would be a reality for us. Speak to us through your word today, Lord God. We thank you for your spirit entering and dwelling amongst us today. No matter where we are, Lord God, we know that your spirit transcends walls, time, space, and places. Lord God, we just thank you that you begin to speak. We open our hearts ready to receive today in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're talking about these two disciples. They weren't really known 
to anyone. They weren't famous in the Bible at all, but Jesus chooses them to come and walk beside them as they are what we would call today debriefing the events of the time. They had just witnessed Jesus's death and resurrection. They weren't at the point of believing that the resurrection was the truth at that point. And that's really fascinating. Remember that as we go on today, but isn't it just human that we would debrief the events or the, uh, the happenings of the recent days. And I know that I've spent the last two years constantly debriefing everything that has been going on. We've been waiting for the daily debrief on the news. Um, there's been a lot of debriefing and conversation going on. And what are we doing with that knowledge? We have a lot of things enter into our minds, into our hearts. And it is really a huge question in this day and age, what we're doing with that. Are we believing that to be the truth? Are we slow to believe that that's the truth or quite quick to believe? Because I feel like over the last couple of years, we've been very quick to believe different opinions. We've been very quick to believe the, the data, the statistics, the opinions, the articles, the social media reports, the news reports, the anything that is flying at us. And when have we stopped to take the time to actually just read the truth? Uh, what truth are we walking in today? What truth are we believing today? What truth are we actually standing on today? Because I feel like uh, this is me personally having so many voices, having so much noise around, having so many opinions, perspectives around. It is sometimes hard to find the truth. It's sometimes hard to sort through what you've been hearing to actually hear the voice of God. And I'm not sure about you, but I'm coming back to the place of we've literally turned the news off in this house. We don't have it on anymore. Um, we don't read the articles. We are devoted to just trying to hear the voice and filter out what God is saying in amongst us. Because like my uni students, there is so much knowledge that we can gain. There is so much head knowledge and there are so many different theories about this, that, and the other coming at us all the time um, that we can just be overwhelmed with it. Even if you take it from a spiritual walk perspective, there are so many messages. There's so many prophetic words. There's so many, um, opinions. There's so many ways of doing things. There's so many, you know, ugh, just cliches coming at you all the time. You know, what are we actually walking in? What is God saying to us and how are we living that out? And today we're really going to talk about the process of filtering things and the journey from our head to our heart when God is speaking, when his promises are revealed to us, when the revelation drops into our hearts about things that he is doing in us and wants to do through us. Uh, it's really a process uh, moving those things from our head to our heart because we hear a lot and also just like these disciples in their conversation if you remember Jesus asked them a simple question well what what happened <laughs> what went on because um, he's interested in the details of our lives he's also interested in how we feel in the things that are happening in our hearts and what that means to us and how we also articulate that and 
and share those things because I think it's beautiful that you know, these two disciples obviously had the opportunity to talk on their way to Emmaus and they took the time to share the things that were on their hearts and Jesus came and joined them and Jesus is willing to join you on your journey. He's also willing to join your conversations um, and because if you are a follower of him, he wants and is with you and wants to hear your heart, even though he might know your heart uh, he values the things that we take to heart. He values the things that we are talking to our friends, our family, our loved ones, and he wants to join you. And he will, um, as, as we can see, he listened, he stopped and he listened, um, to hear the disciples and he could see in their face, it says that they looked downhearted, um, and he cared about why they felt downhearted. Um, and once he worked that out, he then began to reveal his way, his life and the truth um, about the purpose and the divine nature of his journey from death to resurrection. But let's back it up a bit. So the disciples were walking, they were having a conversation. Uh, Jesus came and they couldn't, they didn't recognize him. Um, he asked them some simple questions and said, you know, well, what actually happened? What are you talking about? They begin to reveal what they knew about Jesus. They knew who he was. They knew where he came from. They knew the stories of what he had done on the earth. And they also had an expectation. They expected him to redeem them. He expected them to save their nation. And they felt like they had been let down. They were disappointed. And I'm not sure about you, but Many people, including myself, have been disappointed over the last two years. You know, when this whole COVID thing started, I remember Matt and I believing it started in the March and um, and we were away in another state, actually, and it was coming up to Easter time. And so we were believing that this COVID thing would pass over by Passover. Um, well, we've had two Passovers since then. <laughs> <laughs> it's still going on. Um, and it's, it's amazing that the amount of knowledge and the things that drop into our heart, we attach expectations to them. We expect God to move and do things the way that we want, um, instead of allowing him to actually do what he needs to do. And he knows what's going on. He knows the truth and we need to live in it. And I think we learned a lot through that. We learned a lot through, you know, having an expectation on who Jesus is and what he is going to do and how he's going to do it. And I pray that this year we release those expectations. We release and allow Jesus to be revealed to us in his fullness, in his goodness, um, and not just know about him, but actually know him. And that's today's just the thought process is do we really know him? And is that truth of knowing him living out in our lives, in our decisions, in our relationships, in our everyday? So um, I find it fascinating that they are debriefing like we all do and Jesus joins them. He asks them a question and spurs their response and they respond to him by um by sharing about him, which is really great. And he thought, no, I need to reveal the truth of why I came. The purpose and the divine th thread of the Old Testament 
being a shadow of what the New Testament is. And so he begins to share those things with the disciples and it brings life to them. But um, it's really interesting to think about the, even they say, oh, well, then the women said that they experienced this and then two others went and they saw that, but they didn't see him. And we often believe so much about what other people say, what other people know about Jesus, what other people know about so many other things. And we take that on to either question that or we either believe it, but we don't really believe it. We only half believe it um, until we experience it ourselves. And again, it's the same. Do we, are we slow to believe? Are we slow to believe in our hearts? the things that we know about Jesus, the things that we read in the word, the things that he drops into our hearts. Are we half believing the things that we know he's speaking to us? Are we half believing or it comes into our heads and the processing part of it just becomes from a soul perspective. It's just a soul realm processing the things that he's speaking when really we need to begin to process those things from a place of the spirit in the heart because that's where life and truth come. So uh, we, we have expectations, we have perspectives, and they're often birthed in the realm of the flesh and the natural. And in the realm of the soul, we forget that there's another layer to process these things. Um, but Jesus wanted to know from them what he wants to know from us today is that can we believe without seeing with our own eyes? without experiencing it all. We need to begin to believe with eyes of faith and have a heart open to really see him in all his fullness. You know, then Jesus, you know, he picks up where he needs to reveal to them the truth and it's really just sharing the word for what the word is. You know, it says there that uh, he expounded to them from the scriptures. So he explained the scriptures to them about himself. And really the idea of expounding is to simply let the text speak for itself. And sometimes we accessorize, we add on, or we take what we want and leave the other bits. But the word of God is the word of God and we need to come back to simply let the text speak for itself because the text is life. The text is truth. The text is the way that we should go. And uh, it really is what we should be doing. Um, but so often we take a scripture from a message or we take a scripture that we've heard that is good, um, but we add you know, so much to it. Or I've heard others say that, you know, I'm not a really great scripture studier, to be honest. I am a quite a realist person um, and personality. And so if the word says something, I'm going to believe it. But I know that many uh, people love to study and understand the context and it speaks so much more to us. And I understand that. 
but sometimes it's great to just come back to the word and what it says. Um, meanings of words are fantastic because they just provide so much more truth and the robustness of it is great for us to apply to our everyday lives. But sometimes overcrowding it just adds so many different accessories to it that sometimes we just don't need. And at the moment when there is so much noise, let's filter out the extras and just believe the word for what it says. Let's read it. Let's get our heart engaged with it because sometimes spiritual disciplines and spending time in the word just means reading it or studying different contexts or, um, you know, doing a reading plan. And I think they're all great things in themselves. But is your heart engaged in it every time that you do that, every time you open the word? Is your heart engaged? You know, I have to admit not every time my heart's engaged, I'm doing it because I feel like I have to or I should do that. But actually stopping this year and having my heart engaged and asking the question, Lord, what are you speaking to me today? Where do you want me to read? Or even just staying in the same scripture, the same chapter, the same passage. I think I've read this account about 52 times and just allowing his truth to become real, to not just be head knowledge that's going in, to just be like, oh, that's nice words but to actually become life. And I encourage you today to spend some time thinking about is your heart actually engaged or are you just choosing a reading plan because you like the catchphrase or there's a certain word that you love or there's a certain author that you love to read. They're all good things and it's all the truth of the word of God, which I love. But let us really get back to the place, the simple place of just believing and trusting in the word of God and what Jesus has spoken is life, that he is the way, the truth and the life. And his word is powerful. It has, it's like the manual to our lives. You know, it says in John 1, 1, that in the beginning, the word was already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. And God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. You know, Jesus in his fullness is in every word that we read. But is our heart engaged to see him? Is our heart engaged to have him reveal more of himself to us? That becomes life to us, not just head knowledge that we walk around with. Oh, we know that we shouldn't fear. Oh, we know that we should. He is good. Yeah, we do know that. But when the hard times come, do we really know that he is good? Because he is good all the time. Yep, I've heard it. But is he good to you all the time? When the diagnosis come, when the financial burden hits, when the relationship breakdowns come, is he good? Is he good to you? Has his goodness followed you? Has his mercy been there for you? You know, it's, it's that time where Jesus is calling us unto himself. And he says, I'll catch you. I'll hold you. I'll show you that I am the way, the truth 
and the life. You know, sometimes we're all slow of heart to believe and Jesus told the disciples that the problem with their belief was more in their heart than their head. We often think that the main obstacles to belief are in the head, but they're actually in our heart. You know, our foundation cannot be in our minds as the realm of the soul can't hold us steady. The heart is where we surrender. The heart is where our foundation is founded, really. It's where it becomes strong because we know without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus will come through, that he is good, that he is faithful, those characteristics that he's shown you, that you've experienced in him. That's where they come to life. As we move through the account, we see that after Jesus has spoken and revealed the truth to them through the word, they are approaching the village that they're going to stop at. And they urge Jesus to stay with them for the evening. You know, it shows their hunger, their desire for more. Because when Jesus saw their sincere desire, he stayed and he reclined and ate with them at the table. And that's where their eyes were opened. You know, he indicated that he would have gone further. He didn't want to force his company on them and he will never do the same with us. But they wanted him to stay. And do we want Jesus to stay with us? Do we want to recline with him? Do we want to commune with him? Just because we want to spend time with him, not because we want any more answers, not because he's the genie in a bottle that's going to give us everything that we want and need. You know, do we just want to spend time with him because we want more? We want, we want to hear his voice more. We want to sit in his love more. You know, they urged him. They didn't say, oh, well, you just do what you want to do and I'll, we'll just carry on here. No, they urged him. In some commentaries they say they, they tugged on his garment. They held his hand. They constrained him because they wanted him to stay. How strong is our desire to see the truth live big in our lives, to, for the truth to become alive in us? You know, they didn't even know that it was Jesus then, remember. They had their eyes closed by God. They didn't even recognize him. Yet they wanted to spend more time with this man. You know, we mustn't let Jesus go. We mustn't let him walk on. We mustn't let him go further without us coming with him or without him reclining and sitting at our table and communing with us to reveal and bring to life those things that he has spoken. You know, it says in Ephesians 1.8 that he has showered kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. So take the time to ask him for his wisdom. His understanding is there and he'll show us the way. You know, it's often a challenge, to be honest, to have Jesus hang around and stay longer because we've got so much going on in our lives, in our hearts, in our minds, around us, that really what we're talking about is having and living in that place of abiding in Christ and him in us. And that's a challenge. And really abiding is just having a God, being God conscious, um, knowing that he's there 
um, and he's with us all the time. And sometimes I feel like we forget and he's walking alongside us like he did these two disciples and he's not recognizable. We don't recognize him, but he is there. He's listening and he wants to teach us. He wants to show us. He wants to love on us. He wants to value the things that are concerning us and we just forget. Um, but it's also a challenge because it places us in a position where we have to actually do something. It demands something to change. It demands action. You know, we've, we might have to change some of our behavior, our thought patterns, our mindsets, our responses, because when he communes with us and speaks or brings life to those things that we might know, it pushes us to make a little bit more room in our hearts for him, for that truth to become a reality. And sometimes we've got so much cluttering our hearts, the treasures that we're holding on to, our past experiences, again, our expectations or our perspectives. But why don't you today take some time to clear out a bit and allow him to come and change and transform us? As I'm speaking to myself as well, I want him to transform me from the inside out because ultimately I just want to become more, more like him. So it wasn't until they actually fellowshiped with him that they saw who he truly was and the recognition came when he broke the bread. As he lifted the bread to bless it and break it, they must have seen the nail prints in his hands and their eyes were opened and they saw the Lord. And it is this intimacy that makes biblical truth come to life because without it, there's no life. You know, I pray this year and, and beyond that we all have moments, whether it be personally, whether it be in our marriages, in our families, in our homes, and with other followers of Jesus, that our hearts would be flooded with light so that we can all see and understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. That's Ephesians 1.8. And I pray that we all have moments and encounters and times with him where we can understand the confident hope of who he is, the fullness of who he is and all that he has done for us. Because let's go back to the, the point of abiding. If we can all grasp that truth of abiding with him and allowing him to abide in us, tend the garden of our hearts, because really that's how I see our hearts is like a garden. What's in there? Are there weeds? Are there blooming flowers? Are there thorns? Are there thistles? Are there dried out grasses? Are there, you know, fresh plants, fresh seeds of life, fresh seeds of faith? What's being planted in your heart? What's living there? What's taking ground? Are we allowing Jesus to come in and change that knowledge that we have in our heads and become seeds of hope that let him tend the garden of our hearts to see that flourish? and grow so that we can be all that he has called us to be. So that purpose that he's given you, that is just for you, can actually be walked out and see his kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Because you know what? Once that happens, more often than not, Jesus will reveal himself to you in the middle of ordinary moments in life because we're conscious that he's there. 
because we want him to be our way, our truth and our life. When he sees that we're focusing and spending our time and putting our affection on him just because we want to, just because we love him, just because we want the truth to become our reality. Because, you know, the abiding scripture, we've all read it a hundred times, but in John 15, it says, if you will, abiding me and my word, he will abide in you. And that means that we will be aligned to him. Jesus doesn't want you to just learn about him, study some stories, post some scriptures, throw up some prayers. He actually wants a relationship with us, a fellowship, a communion, because that's the kingdom encounter that we need to pursue. You know, the last point as we finish off today, and I think this is so beautiful, is that as soon as the disciples' eyes were opened to who Jesus was, he left miraculously. And they both said what was on their hearts. Their hearts burned individually and as they heard him speak and teach. Yet they didn't know that each other's hearts were burning at the same time. But, you know, after that, they could have a fellowship of flaming hearts together. And how many flaming hearts are we joining together within our church communities, within our communities where we live, within our families? How many flaming hearts can we join together? And we can all have encounters of this Jesus that we love, that we want to spend time with. You know, one reason in a commentary, it said that one reason Jesus left was so that they would love one another and minister to one another. And what an example it is for us to make sure that we are in spaces and in places where our hearts burn for the word and for the purposes of him for our lives to grow deeper in him and to bring him in fullness everywhere that we go. So I pray today that we take the truth from the word of God today, that we might have things that are going on in our minds and in our lives. And we might have knowledge of who he is, the promises that he's given us, his characteristics. We might know about him, but let us be a people that allow that to become truth and travel to our hearts, that that truth might be a reality and live alive in us by Christ living alive in us, that we fellowship and commune with him to allow those things to bring life to our every day Thanks for joining us today. I pray that this blesses you. Have a wonderful week and we will see you very soon.